It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Well, we voted. This is what y'all voted for in North Carolina. Now you're going to get it. Really good. <laughs> the uh, governor tightening the existing mask, require- mask requirements and cracking down. Increased stepped up enforcement. So I guess we should start expecting to see uh, more videos of interactions between law enforcement and uh, mask scoff laws. I don't know what the word would be for that. Non-compliant, anti-maskers, mask truthers. What? I, I I don't know. This is where it's. Th- this is what it's come to now. We are pitted against one another because we need people to blame. We're going to get into that today. Uh, first, I want to thank folks who helped make the show possible. Patrons such as Lisbeth, JF, Leslie, No Thanos, Lisa, Jolene, WC, Caddy, David, and Mark. Thanks so much for the support. They became patrons to support the program, and you can as well. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com and click on the link that's at the top of the page there. And uh, when you become a patron, you get access to exclusive content. Uh, For example, uh, I do live hits. I do interviews with radio hosts around the state. And if you want access to that when I do them, you become a patron. If you want to join me on the live stream on Thursday evenings, you become a patron. And you can join the whole crowd. It's kind of rowdy. (laughs) It gets kind of rowdy in the live streams, but uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, come on over, become a patron or a patron, if you will. I'm trying to make it happen. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Okay. Um, Growers Hemp. The latest sponsor of the program. We're very happy and proud to have Growers Hemp on board. The show is presented today by Growers Hemp. Um, People take CBD oil for all sorts of reasons. I take it uh, because, well, first off, I was kind of curious if it would actually do anything. That's usually one of the biggest questions people have. And uh, do what I did. I tried it, and I realized I sleep way more deeply now than I did before I used it. So uh, it works for me. Uh, you, what are you looking for? A better quality of life, a balanced state of mind, maybe a positive mental outlook. Do I see more positive nowadays? Maybe that's the CBD oil too. How about immune system resilience, lower tension, add the natural alternative growers, hemp, full spectrum hemp extract, add it to your daily routine. It's uh, the best quality at a price that's affordable because they control the whole process. These are North Carolina farmers and they control the process from the seed through manufacturing to the shelf. Growers Hemp maintains complete control. So you get the best quality for lower prices. And they know you're going to have questions. A lot of people have questions about CBD. So uh, they want to help you every step along the way. Go to growershemp.com. By the way, if you use the promo code PETE, you will get 20% off growershemp.com. As with all CBD products, here is the official disclaimer GovCo requires. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions 
or other possible complications before using any product. Check out their ad in Our State magazine and find it on the shelves at Broad River Hemp Company in Shelby, Medical Pharmacy in Locust, and Durham Co-op in Durham, I want to say. Growershemp.com. That's the website. From North Carolina farmers to your home, it's about the hemp and not the hype. So Governor Roy Cooper announced yesterday afternoon that additional COVID-19 safety measures uh, are are needed to tighten mask requirements and enforcement because the cases in our state are continuing to rise and rise rapidly. But don't call it a spike. Okay, do not, don't you dare call it a surge either. It's not a surge. It's not a spike. It's a It's a rapid rise, he calls it. In the press release, it's rising rapidly. And we know who's to blame for this, right? It is you. That's right. You're to blame. You're the reason why the the numbers are rising rapidly, not spiking or surging. You. Okay. I mean, it's also happening across the country, too. But you're still to blame. Okay. Executive order number 180 goes into effect Wednesday, November 25th. It runs through Friday, December 11th. In addition to extending the phase three, which isn't really phase three, by the way, capacity limits and safety requirements, the executive order tightens the existing statewide mask requirement, making it clear that everyone needs to wear a mask whenever they are with someone who is not from the same household. That's basically the rule now, folks. If you're around somebody who is not from the same household as you are, it doesn't even matter if you're in a restaurant. Apparently, COVID has now found a way to infect people sitting at the restaurant tables. I know it's a very smart virus because in the past, uh, we were told that if you are sitting at the restaurant tables, then COVID is up above you someplace or it's like it can't penetrate past uh, the people at the table. It can't. It can't get around you. So sitting at the table, you're fine. If you want to get up, walk over, go to the bathroom, um, then you got you to put the mask on, okay? You, you, because then COVID will get you, and you'll be spreading it all over the place if you're walking through the restaurant. Despite the fact, now this always, this never really made sense to me. I always had questions about this, because if you're walking through the restaurant, you're creating airflow. You realize that, right? You're walking through, you're creating this airflow, you ever, you ever sit at a table and have somebody walk past you, right? You can feel the breeze, especially if they're walking quickly, right? So you feel that breeze, and that's actually good, right? In in uh, fighting any kind of a respiratory virus, uh, it, it disperses the droplets, the micro droplets. And if you've been listening to this show since we launched, and since we launched was the beginning of the COVID, it was just coincidental, it was the beginning of the pandemic, um, but from the very beginning... We've been talking about the micro droplets that are suspended in the air. These things are so small. And the Japanese research, they found this out like immediately. And they were like, look, you're going to have the big chunks of debris that come flying out of people's mouths. These They call it ballistic, right? <laughs> this is uh, it's kind of nasty. But this is the ballistic discharge. Okay, these, you know, somebody's talking and a piece of spit flies out of their mouth and, you know, hits you in the face like, ah, I got COVID. Like, that's ballistic. The micro droplets, though, I call this stuff the lung juice. This stuff is just, it floats up in the air. It's expelled as you talk. 
this room that I'm in right now is probably just a, it's like a fog. I can't see it, but it's probably just a fog of lung juice. It's kind of nasty when you think about it. So uh, th- there was research that was done out of Japan, and they put these two guys in this room. It was like totally dark, and then they shot these uh, like laser, these green laser beams, so you could see all the micro droplets. And they're so small, they don't fall to the ground. They don't. Th- gravity doesn't affect them because they're so tiny. So what does that mean? Well, as you're talking to people, it's all just suspended in air. So what do you need? You need some ventilation. And for for months, I've been saying they need to add a fourth W. They need to add, like, either call it wind, or you can call it windows, you know, three W's, wear a mask, was it uh, wait six feet apart, and wash your hands, and um, open a window. You could have done that. Create some wind. Ventilation. Keep the air moving around, because it's the only way to get rid of the the lung juice that's suspended in the air. But apparently uh, now the restaurants no longer protective when you're sitting at the table. I'm not sure. Maybe tables create um, wind. Oh, you know what? I wonder if I wonder if people who talk with their hands are less at risk for getting this. Think about it. If I talk with my hands, I'm constantly moving the air around my face. And maybe that is some lev- uh, some layer of protection. So, ooh, so there's another W, waving hands. Like, now we're up to five Ws. You guys can totally use this, by the way. Like, I'm not copywriting any of this material. You're free to have these ideas and implement them as part of your strategy to save as many lives as possible because I'm a giver. Exactly. I'm all about solutions here. So, in addition to extending the phase three, we've got now more restrictions. Let me get to some of the audio clips that I pulled from yesterday's press conference. Governor Cooper, well, it's not, yeah, I keep, it's a briefing. I'll call it a briefing. I don't even like calling it a press conference or a news conference. Uh, Governor Cooper said that the metrics in North Carolina are worsening and the situation is deadly serious. This Thanksgiving week, our state and the country are reporting record high case numbers and hospitalizations. I have a stark warning for North Carolinians today. We are in danger. This is a pivotal moment in our fight against the coronavirus. Our actions now will determine the fate of many. Okay. He said local governments and businesses have to enforce his mandate and his his executive order. uh, And he and his health and human services secretary, Mandy Cohen, urged us all to cancel Thanksgiving, which I heard... um, by the way, there's one of the ways, like, if you see somebody uh, who's violating the the mandate of the executive order, the safer at home executive order, the SHEO, the S-H-E-O, if you see, like, let's say you see your neighbor and you see a whole bunch of cars and you're like, oh, they're obviously violating Governor Cooper's mandate. They're violating his SHEO. So I'm going to go ahead and, 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 you know, rat him out. I'm going to be a gruber and I'm going to call the cops on him. I'm going to call the health department on him. And uh, a piece of advice on that is rather than call your neighbor into the cops, to the authorities, how about you take a minute, take a deep breath and go brush your teeth. Just go brush your teeth because it's good for your teeth. For real, it brushing your teeth is good for your teeth, as is not ratting out your neighbor. Okay, so the 
Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying this is going to cause problems. This is what happens. You're turning the entire society against each other with this stuff. Everyone in the land of Roy is now hereby ordered to wear a mask whenever you are with someone that you don't live with. That means wearing a mask when you're at home, when you're with friends or family visiting. It means a mask at work, at the gym, at the store, at school. This order also strengthens the role of businesses in ensuring masks are worn by everyone in the store, staff and customers, and that they are abiding by capacity limits so that people can stay distant and can stay safe. So according to Governor Cooper's press release that his office sent out, the order adds the mask requirement to several additional settings, including any public indoor space, even when maintaining six feet of distance, gyms, even when exercising, all schools, public and private, and all public or private transportation when traveling with people from outside your household. The order also requires large retail businesses with more than 15,000 square feet to have an employee stationed near entrances, ensuring mask wearing and implementing occupancy limits for patrons who enter. Now, I have to be honest here. I wasn't really clear on how some of these stores were able to monitor their capacity limits. I, I would look around. I mean, honestly, like I, I don't go out that often during all of the pandemic. I just don't. And, and, and truth be told, like I work a lot. And so I don't go out and about all over the place <clears throat> for the most part. When I go to the grocery store, though, there isn't anybody there keeping track of how many people are in the building. Are they at a 50 percent capacity? Are they at 60 are they at 20? I don't know. Do they know? How are they keeping track of that? I don't think a lot of businesses were. And so Roy Cooper has had just about enough of that. And so we're going to mandate you stand out front of your door and you, I guess, stand out there with one of those uh, clickers, you know, and, and you click. However, when somebody walks in, there's one person. Oh, there's three people from the family. And then people leave. I guess you have somebody else on that side or... Or maybe you have another clicker in that hand and you and you minus those people and you have a number and you can't go over that number. You know who does this? I saw this is now, I guess I've mentioned them twice in two days. Trader Joe's. They, there is always a line out in front of Trader Joe's. People are all standing out on the sidewalk with their masks on six feet apart and they're waiting for entry into Trader Joe's. Like, I'm sorry, guys, I'm not going to do that to go to the grocery store. Like, that's a little too breadline for me. You know what I mean? Just, it's a little too uh, too close to the, the top-down authoritarian command control economic central planner kind of model. I, I don't like the idea of having to wait in a line to get access to the grocery store. Now, you could say I'm a spoiled American, but uh, guilty as charged, I guess, on that one, because uh, that's a little too much like a breadline for me. Now, uh, if you are uh, worried about getting into a breadline because you are paying two mortgages, because maybe you went and tried to sell your house and then bought your next dream home, but you haven't sold your other one, now you're paying two mortgages, get that house sold quickly for more money. Call Rowena Patton. It's 333-4483. That's 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. That's the website. She's the official Homes for Heroes 
agent in Asheville. Uh, it's a national program that gives buyers and sellers 25% back from realtor commissions. This goes to police officers, firefighters, healthcare professionals, educators, and members of the military, veterans, active duty, and retirees. She's given back about $800,000 so far to folks in those five professions. So give her a call. Get your house sold. Uh, or if you're looking to buy a house, Christy and I are using her to buy our house. So buying or selling, the only agent I would call, Rowena Patton and the all-star powerhouse team, 333-4043, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. Next up, Governor Cooper at his press conference or his his briefing, he had the Greensboro mayor as a as a special guest. And she came up to talk about how she and her city, how they're like really cracking down on the violators. And they're like, man, that's so fantastic. I love me some cracking down, you know. And the governor said he appreciates local governments that are taking tough actions on enforcement. We want people to follow the safety guidelines to sort of the spread. If they don't, the rules need to be enforced. And we're working with state and local governments to do just that. We don't want to go backward, but we will if it's necessary. The next 7 to 14 days will tell us whether we are stemming the tide or whether we need to ratchet it up even more. We know the other side of this pandemic is not very far off because we have such promising vaccines in the work. Until then, our safety measures will save lives and keep our economy going until we get across the bridge. Last week, the CDC recommended against going to see extended family and friends for Thanksgiving. Please listen to that guidance and adjust your plans as needed. Remember when it comes to the holidays, smaller and smarter is safer. I know it's been a long nine months of virtual church, holidays, birthdays, and more, but if we can keep it up just a bit longer, we can ensure that more loved ones make it to next year's Thanksgiving table. Yeah. So this, of course, ignores what we talked about last week, the concept of excess deaths, that uh, these these types of orders, these quarantining orders, and that's what they are, um, these have negative health effects on people. The Everything he's doing, and he's framing all of this as saving lives, even if I give him the benefit of the doubt, and let's just assume for argument right now that all of these measures are 100% effective and they could actually uh, control or eliminate the virus. I have my doubts about that, but um, let's just assume for the sake of argument that that is all correct. These things do have a cost. So he may be saving lives from COVID, but he is costing lives in other areas. And they never talk about that. There's never any recognition and admission that, you know what, these things are having, these lockdown orders are having devastating health impacts on people. I saw somebody uh, refer to this yesterday. Um, There's a fellow by the name of Noah Bloom, I think is his name. Uh, And he said, you know, we really need to start having a conversation about essentially quarantine privilege lockdown privilege because the people who are clamoring the loudest for the lockdowns are the least affected by them these it's been it's really been one of the more gross aspects of this entire debate from the very beginning there were people that were like you know stay home everybody lock down your house stay home don't leave and just you know get your stuff delivered and i thought 
well, who are you asking to deliver your stuff? So I guess what? The, 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 the peasants can just go and stock the grocery shelves, and then you can pay some other peasant to deliver that food to you. So you don't have to leave your house, and you can stay safe. But they have to go about their lives, and they have to cater to you and risk exposure themselves. It, it, it is a privilege. Me, I look, I enjoy it. I am working from home every day. I don't go out. Now, Christy goes out every day, though. So, I mean, it's not like even like I'm working at home. Christy goes to work every day. So uh, could she work from home? It wasn't really ideal. Didn't really work very well. But there are people that can and do work from home that seem to be the loudest screamers, the biggest proponents for more lockdowns, although I'm sure that's simply a coincidence, right? Next up, Governor Cooper praised Greensboro's use of various city employees to help enforce restrictions, not just police. This is one of the things the Greensboro mayor was talking about. They're using code enforcement and all these different city agents, different you know people that work in city government, and they're having them go out and enforce all of the lockdown orders and the mandates and the restrictions. And he said this is all a great way for government to ratchet up enforcement in order to induce compliance. The the purpose of today is to let people know that we're getting to a critical situation. We believe that with these rules in place, that if we get more compliance and better enforcement, then we can stem the tide without having to go backward with restrictions. And we're going to be looking at the next 7 to 14 days to determine if these things are are working. And if not, uh, we will do what we need to do to protect the health and safety of North Carolinians. And uh, we hope we don't have to do that, but we will do it if, if we need to. Okay, so there you have it. There's the threat. He's threatening to, to lock the state completely back down again uh, if we don't do what he says. That's what he's saying. He's going to close down all the restaurants again. He's going to, right? That's what rolling back to the earlier phases. Gyms are closed. Everybody that got opened under phase 2.5 or whatever, like every every little bit that opened up over the last nine months, all of that gets rolled back unless we mask harder, right? Unless we uh, social distance harder, unless we wash hands harder. These This is the threat. Now, What if I told you that the lockdowns don't actually do the thing that he thinks and is arguing it does? We'll get to that, too, because now more and more studies, they they prove that these lockdowns are way more detrimental than helpful, and they don't even reduce the spread. I've been saying this from the beginning as well, that unless you're going to lock down everybody into their own private room for like three months all at the same time, and everybody's on lockdown at the same time, like one global prison, right? And nobody is interacting with anybody for three months. Then maybe the virus is dead because it has nowhere else to go. Then maybe, okay? But we can't do that. It's not going to happen. So these lockdowns where, you know, some people get to stay home and work from home all day while other people cater to them from the grocery store and deliver their food, like that's that doesn't actually help stop the spread. All you're doing is what? Flattening the curve, which was what all of this was supposed to be about, not overwhelming the hospital system. That's what this was supposed to be about. 
And for some reason, he thinks that he can go back to this lockdown model. I guess he, I mean, why wouldn't he think that, I guess, makes sense. Nobody in the press corps is challenging him on it. In fact, people in the press corps, they keep encouraging him to lock it back down again. Every single press conference, reporters keep asking him, when are you going to roll us back? Why aren't you rolling us back? And they asked it again yesterday, and here was the answer. Well, it's, number one, we are, we have hospital capacity, Number two, our percent positive is around 7%, and we've seen both of these things skyrocket where, where other states have, don't have hospital capacity and other states have uh, positivity rates in the double digits. Our numbers are going up, but things are not on fire yet. And what we, we know that we have the key to stemming the tide, and that is enforcing the safeguards that we already have in place. This order today helps to strengthen those and helps to provide more resources and getting more partners into this in order to be able to get more compliance with the orders that we have in place. And we want to give this a little more time to see if we can stem the tide of these numbers. I have a belief that the people of North Carolina can pull together and do this and understand that if we don't, we will have to go backward. But right now, this is we think this is the right move and where it's a call to arms to the people of North Carolina that we have to pull together and do what we need to do to stem the tide of these numbers. So for the media that was listening, they took this very, very, very seriously. And I'm not saying I'm not, but they took this as like, oh my gosh, this is Pearl Harbor. This is 9-11. Oh my gosh, like we all need to, you know, start lifting together, pushing in the same direction. We're here to help you. I've talked about this before. The longer this goes on, the more I am convinced that the single most important piece of information that I have received, that I have read during the course of this pandemic was a Gallup survey that found Democrats have a wild misperception of the risks, more so than Republicans. And it really does uh, sort of rise to the surface in a lot of these types of uh, situations. Because watching the media, who tend to be all Democrat, uh, try to hold a Democratic governor accountable, quote unquote, uh, it's kind of it's kind of a joke at this point. All the there was one that asked there was a reporter that asked at the very end of the briefing yesterday, um, "What's your message to business owners? Do, can you give them any hope?" That that's a question you're asking the governor. What a wasted opportunity! Again, the governor and his communications team they screen the calls so only preferred reporters get access to ask questions. So you are already one of the privileged few that get to have an audience with the governor. You get to ask a question, and that's that's the question you come up with? One reporter asked whether the state is looking to create a system to take complaints about people not wearing masks and social distancing enough. 
Where do we go to rat people out? That's essentially what the question was. Can you set up a state system so we can rat people out across the state? Because after all, like, what if I'm traveling? What if I'm in a different town? I don't know who to call to rat someone out for not wearing the mask properly. What do I do? Could you create a state system? And the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Mandy Cohen, said those complaints are best made and handled, uh, made with and handled by local health departments. So, oh, we're not going to get a statewide Gruber agency. I call it, I I call people Grubers in this situation, not Karens. Uh, I find Gruber to be, first off, it's a, it's a, it's a unisex term, right? So anybody can use it and it can apply to anybody. Uh, It also, I think, is more accurate. Gruber, named for Rolf Gruber from Sound of Music. He was the boyfriend of Liesel, who, uh, remember, he became a Nazi brown shirt, and then he blew the whistle on the family, the Von Trapp family, when they were at the convent. They were at the abbey, and they were fleeing, and they're like, she's like, Rolf, come with us, and, and Rolf ends up you know, pulling the gun or whatever, and the dad takes it, and then the dad insults him, and then he blows the whistle and rats them all out. Yeah, that's Gruber. That's what we have now. We got people that are just like prowling the streets looking for others who have the masks just slightly below their nose. Oh, he's not wearing his mask properly. By the way, this is going to get real fun because you know what part of the order is now? If you're in a restaurant, you have to wear the mask now all the time and only move it to eat. So you can take the mask down and put the food into your mouth and then raise the mask back up. Now, I've never gone to any kind of medical training or anything. However, I've read some stuff over the last few weeks about masks, and uh, the masks become way less effective. That's assuming a level of effectiveness in the first place, but they become way less effective when you touch them all the time. (laughs) You're not supposed to be moving them around and touching them. You're supposed to put the mask on and then don't touch it and then leave it alone. But people are now going to be moving the masks around and they're like, oh, I'm going to take the mask off and I'm going to throw it on my dashboard in the car. Yeah, that, that, that'll disinfect it. The sunlight through the windshield. Yeah, that's, that'll clean it. This is like the idea that these masks work like they do in a clinical setting is crazy. I've got a study out of Denmark as well. I'm running out of time, though. If you're, By the way, you are running out of time for general equipment rental to take advantage of the uh, the deal that they've got on the Husqvarna automower right now, 10% off. This is a great deal for a really cool product. This is the, it's a yard mower. It, it, it's the Roomba for your front lawn. Well, I guess and back lawn as well. Um, I wonder why they never call it a back lawn, actually. It's always a yard or garden if you're from England. But never a lawn. Anyway, um, the front lawn is always what I've called it, but maybe people do call it the back lawn. But either way, the Husqvarna automower will cut it down for you. You can get it at General Equipment Rental on Merriman Avenue at Reams Creek Road. Uh, It's in Weaverville. General Equipment Rental, family owned and operated for three generations. They are your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda Outdoor Power Equipment Sales and Service Provider. They also have any tool that you're going to need to get any project done. Okay, so big or small, they got small tools, power equipment and stuff. They got big earth movers and the like. So whatever uh, uh, piece of equipment you need to get the job done, go to General Equipment Rental and they'll help you out. They'll show you how to use it, too. So you're going to be completely prepared to tackle that project. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com and think outside your toolbox. 
So here is the FAQ that the governor put out um, for what is required now. A face covering now required in all indoor settings if there are non-household members present, regardless of the distance away. So you could be in a room with one other person and you're 30 feet away from each other, both have to wear a mask, or you could face criminal penalty because now that's the other component here. At first, up until now, they've been forcing the businesses to act as their police force and fining businesses if the... Uh, if, if they don't do enough to police inside their premises, now they're going to come after you. Now they're coming after individuals as well. Under previous executive orders, face coverings were required indoors, but only if you were within six feet. Under this order, face coverings continue to be required in public outdoor settings if you're unable to maintain six feet of social distance with non-household members. If you are inside a gym or a fitness facility, face coverings are now required when exercising. That's it. No more exemptions for, you know, uh, strenuous exercising or anything like that, which I don't know. Like, how are you going to do that? You're going to go and you're going to you're going to go run with a mask on on a treadmill. Really? In restaurants, guests are required to wear face coverings at their table unless they are actively eating or drinking. Who's going to police that? You're going to have cops walking through your restaurant or I guess in Greensboro, they've got city agents walking through and like somebody's, you know, chewing and they forget to move the mask back on quickly enough. Oh, that's a fine right there. Now you got a criminal citation. Retail business locations with more than 15,000 square feet of interior space have to have a worker at each entrance who is responsible for enforcing executive orders, uh, face covering and emergency maximum occupancy requirements. On public transportation, customers may be denied entry if they refuse to wear a face covering. The executive order's face covering requirements are now enforceable by law enforcement against individuals. Under previous orders, face covering requirements were enforceable only against businesses or organizations that failed to enforce the requirement to wear face coverings. Law enforcement continues to have this authority under this order. Um, There was one... uh, here it is, the Q&A. If I am riding in a personal vehicle with friends and or fam, uh, family, am I required to wear a face covering? Here's the answer. Individuals traveling in a personal vehicle with household members are not required to wear a face covering. So if you're, it makes sense, right? You're all in the same household. Individuals traveling in a personal vehicle with non-household members are required to wear a face covering. So... Now, this is interesting, by the way, because the executive order, according to the well, the executive order, as well as the Sheriff's Association, they read uh, or it says that um, in your private vehicle that it is that, that, that it's not enforceable in, in there. You're not required to wear the mask. If I'm just driving you to the store uh, and we don't live in the same household, that we're not required to wear masks. But the Q&A says we are. So I'm not clear on that. I'm sure law enforcement will totally be oh and by the way do you think now this becomes a probable cause issue if you're driving down the road if you know somebody's in your car and all of a sudden you get pulled over and the cop wants to know if you guys live in the same household because he wants to enforce the mask mandate on you you think that won't happen how come nobody's concerned about you know driving while black right now for this 
Do you think that might happen? Do you think there are a bunch of racist cops driving around looking for people to pull over because they're not wearing masks and they're going to check to see if they're in the same household? And then while they got you pulled over, maybe they ask you, you know, some other questions, look around the vehicle, try to see some stuff, smell some weed or something, right? Could you imagine if a Republican did this? Can you imagine the outcry? So the foundational premise of Governor Cooper's argument is... First off, yes, that masks work. Um, But beyond that, his argument rests on an assumption that noncompliance with his mask mandate is driving the spread of the disease of the of the virus. Okay, that's the assumption. That's the premise that if everybody just listens to what he tells you to do, then the virus would be contained. I disagree with that, by the way. I disagree with that. And I I would love to hear just a single reporter express skepticism. They don't even have to believe it. They don't have to agree with me. Just play devil's advocate. Just ask a question. Challenge the idea. Challenge the idea that says, you know what, if you do all of these things, you seem to think that you're going to be able to contain the virus. Here's a question. Why? Why? How do you know? How do you know? Because there, is, there are places all over the world that have tried various different things, and all of their curves look the same. All of our curves look the same. So if, if you're basing this argument on an assumption that noncompliance is the reason why uh, the spread has now, was it rising rapidly? The numbers are rising rapidly. Um, how do you know if that's true? How do you know that? Do you have any idea what the compliance rate is? What is the compliance rate for the masks? Do you know? Does the governor know this? What's North Carolina? Is is there any kind of study that's been done on this so far? I'm not aware of one. Now, I am aware of the latest YouGov poll that was done on mask adoption, and it shows that the United States rate is 83%. Now, this seems to be you know, self-reporting. So I have no idea if people are (laughs) exactly being accurate here when they say, oh, I wear masks all the time. Um, But YouGov says it's 83% nationwide. That puts us ahead of most of the recent polling that's been done in the UK, in Germany, all of the Nordic countries, Vietnam, Thailand, Taiwan. Uh, We're only slightly behind Canada, France and Italy and Italy's numbers are terrible. So what what why would you think that we're not complying adequately enough and that's the reason why the spread is occurring because that's what he's saying. He's blaming us for the spread. I blame the virus or you know if you need to blame some people, blame China. Why can't we all unite and just blame the Chinese for this? If you need somebody to blame, and I understand it's a very you know intrinsic, instinctive human thing to want to be able to do, then uh, blame China. There, I mean, like if anybody deserves the blame, <laughs> more so than uh, your neighbor who's not wearing the mask uh, up to specs, you know. Uh, All right. Uh, You do know this, I'm sure, by now, that uh, the best place to find real U.S. military surplus is at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. Uh, Cold weather, it is coming, I promise. Well, for me, it's already here. If you're in the higher elevations, it's already here. You know it. So 
Get your cold weather gear now at Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Um, he's also got emergency kits for your cars. You can uh, put them together. He can help you put those together with a folding shovel, a space blanket, uh, and uh, you know rations. So this way uh, they won't spoil in the car. And so, God forbid, you ever get stuck in your vehicle, you're going to be able to survive uh, in a... Uh, you know, in a survival stand, uh, situation. He's got backpacks for the kids as well. He's got a ton of stuff, by the way, uh, like dog tags. He can customize dog tags, which make great uh, presents for the kids. So military-grade backpacks, they're going to last a lot longer than the cheap ones from the big box stores. Um, also, he's getting in some body armor. So check in with Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus, oldgrouch.com. Shop is open Monday through Saturday on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Uh, it's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. Not a single one of these reporters at that news briefing uh, yesterday, not a single one raised any kind of challenge or expressed any skepticism about any of these assertions that Governor Cooper bases his arguments on. Now, I don't know why. Maybe they don't understand some of this stuff. Maybe they're scared to ask, because if they ask these questions, then they get, you know, booted from the preferred hotline. <laughs> they don't get to ask any more questions. Um, maybe they think it's irresponsible to ask these kinds of questions, because, you know, th that would be seen as undermining the messaging, and that that's going to cost lives. I had there was a listener of this show. He no longer listens. He hates me now because I'm irresponsible because I raise these questions, even though I say I believe that, you know, masks probably make more of a beneficial difference than not. So I'll wear them. I don't oppose the masks. However, um, I, I do have some uh, some bristling that occurs here when GovCo starts telling people how to live their lives like this, this, you know. This is sending off all sorts of warning signals to me and a lot of other people. Um, but for that, you know, he hates me now. I'm never listening again. And I feel like an idiot forever supporting you. So this is what this is the kind of stuff that happens when simply raising questions, when you're simply asking questions. Maybe if just one reporter pretended that Cooper was a Republican, we might see some skepticism at some of these assertions. Also. The press corps, when they're doing these briefings, they apparently yesterday sounded like they didn't even have access at the time to the latest executive order. The idea that they're going in there to ask questions and they don't have access to the latest executive order that the governor is discussing. The fact that they're not raising protests about that's kind of grotesque to me. What are you doing? You're just a stenographer now. You're acting as, as a communications arm for the governor. And maybe they're OK with that. Now I thought this was interesting. There's a syndicated columnist uh, named Corey Friedman, and uh, he, he tends to be more of a, a libertarian and, and liberal on some things. Um, but he says, how come it's it's all stick and no carrot on this stuff? No governor, Republican or Democrat, has ever publicly discussed incentivizing mask wearing. Right. It's always about punishing the scoff laws. If positive reinforcement works as well or better than negative, then can, uh, can we tamp down the authoritarian tendencies? That was his question. And it's a fair question, by the way, folks. Completely fair. If you're trying to get more people to wear masks, does it make sense to use only the stick or does it make sense to offer a carrot, right? If you're incentivizing the, the behavior you want to see, then 
maybe there are better ways to get more universal compliance rather than threatening everybody with shutdowns and turning everybody into grubers, right? Ratting out uh, their neighbors. So Laura Leslie, the reporter for WRAL, the Capitol Bureau Chief or whatever she is, um, writing back to Corey Friedman from the WRAL official Twitter account yesterday, says if you're watching North Carolina hospital capacity and you have at-risk family members or, you know, just care about people anyway, you already have your carrot, them not dying. Okay, so first off, she's displayed an ignorance of what the carrot and stick issue actually is, what that analogy means, (laughs) because somebody I don't know not dying is not a carrot for me that in the analogy, right? That it that that's not that that's an appeal. It's a different kind of an appeal. I'm not saying you shouldn't care about other people. I'm saying it's a different type of an appeal to get somebody to change their behavior. Why? She says, why do we need a cookie for doing what's needed to take care of our fellow Americans? See there again, this is a collectivist mindset. This is one that says we all need to sacrifice for other people. And we're making these sacrifices based on government's orders that tell us these sacrifices will lead to these results, which then again circles back to my original question of how do you know this stuff actually is working? When you implemented this stuff, the numbers kept going up. Our numbers have gone up ever since he's put all these things in place. The numbers have gone up. Our numbers are now higher than they were when we locked the state down. That's why reporters keep asking him, why won't you lock us down? Why aren't you locking it down? Because our numbers are worse now than they were. So why isn't he locking it down? But Laura Leslie raises this, uh, this uh, displays her authoritarian streak. And a lot of people in media have this, by the way. They absolutely have this. Uh, she says, this is a personal issue for me. My dad is in memory care. I haven't touched him or hugged him in months. Best we could do is 15 minutes face to face once a week, six feet apart. And now that there's COVID in his facility, so we can't even do that. Happy Thanksgiving. Facility cases rise with community cases. That's just data. And that's how the virus got into his facility through a worker. Right, right. Because you're... Because your facilities are not treating this the way they should be treating it. If we had devoted the resources into protecting the most vulnerable, this is what Dan Forrest talked about in the campaign, but everybody dismissed him because he was anti-mask. He said masks don't work. And by, by not devoting the full measure of our resources to the most vulnerable populations, yes, you're going to have the spread that occurs in the facility. And so now she's angry. She's hurt, right? She's scared. And as a member of the media, I would submit if you cannot set these feelings aside in discussing and covering this topic, you need to be off the story. You don't get to screw the elephant and cover the circus. I'm sorry, like, but that's that's how this job works. That's how it's supposed to work. You can't have that kind of an emotional attachment. Now, you can do some human interest stories and stuff, but you cannot be the one that is relaying the kind of information with the authoritativeness necessary to instruct the masses. You just can't. I'm sorry. And my heart goes out to her and her family and everybody who has had who has people that are affected by this. Look, you know, I've told this story before, you know, when um, 9-11, I was working in news and on 9-11 and my dad was up there at that time. 
he was in a subway car underneath uh, or a block away from the World Trade Center at the time. So, uh, yeah, like it, it it overwhelms you. And so I just I blocked it out. I got to block it out and I got to do my job. And if you can't do that, then you can't do your job. She then says, if you need an incentive to take precautions, well, if you care about other people, even those you don't know, that's your incentive. And if you don't, well, well, what? Guess what? There are people that don't care about other people. Yeah, there are people who do not care about other people. So let's try to motivate them, shall we? But see, all she thinks in terms of is the stick, not the carrot. All This was all response to a simple suggestion Maybe we incentivize people to do these things we want them to do. And her response was, they need to do it. Stick, stick, stick. Right? That's her response. And that's someone who is working at, you know, WRAL, who's relaying this vital information and is, quote, covering this issue for all of us. And that's where her mind is at. Now, if your mind is at getting a new bed for Christmas... Great idea. First of all, congratulations. It's a fantastic idea. Um, Oh, did you just think of it right now? Did I maybe influence that decision, that thought process? If so, you're welcome. I'm a giver. Go to Mattress Man. Supporters of the program, mattressmanstores.com. The Black Friday promos going on right now include a free box spring with the purchase of a Biltmore mattress. Um, Yes, these are the Biltmore mattresses. They're made by Restonic in Fayetteville. And they're in the hotel and the inn that are at the Biltmore. Um, Also, you can get a free adjustable base with the purchase of select mattresses with a wireless remote. So you can raise your head, raise your feet. Um, How about a bed in a box, queen size gel hybrid, just $2.99. And they have the triple zero deal going on, which is zero down, zero financing uh, or zero interest rather for 24 months and zero payments for 90 days. You really can't lose. Get yourself a new bed and you're going to have a much better night's sleep and it's going to affect all sorts of aspects of your health, your mental health, your physical health. Um, so go check out their website, mattressmanstores.com or walk into any of their four locations in Asheville, Arden and Hendersonville. They ship nationwide. They have local five-star delivery service and uh, they have a 120 day comfort guarantee. Mattress man experience the difference at mattress man, mattressmanstores.com buy local and sleep better. A lot of U.S. states and countries around the world are imposing another round of lockdowns. And according to John Miltimore at the Foundation for Economic uh, Education, uh, the website is FEE.org, the actions are certain to come with a series of devastating unintended consequences, economic destruction, surging poverty, and mental health deterioration among them. But a new study suggests that the lockdowns may not do what they're actually designed to do, which is save lives. A new study published by Frontiers in Public Health concluded that neither lockdowns nor lockdown stringency were correlated with lower death rates. So keep this in mind. Cooper right now is threatening all of us with more lockdowns, even though the lockdowns, according to the science might not actually save any lives at all. So what are you doing? What are you doing with these threats? Why are you threatening people to take actions that don't actually solve the problem that you claim to be trying to solve? Researchers analyzed data from 160 countries over the first eight months of the pandemic, testing several factors, including demographics, public health, economy, politics, and environment, all to determine how they're correlated with COVID-19 mortality. And the researchers found that the criteria most associated with a high death rate was life expectancy. 
The higher life expectancy your society has, the higher your death rate is. Why? Because it's killing old people. The findings should not be terribly surprising. Months ago, researchers had compiled enough empirical evidence to determine how effective lockdowns were in taming COVID-19, and there was little correlation between the severity of a nation's restrictions and whether it managed to curb excess fatalities. Despite mounting evidence that lockdowns don't work and are incredibly harmful, government officials around the world continue to push them. Why? Because lockdowns are designed to save lives and experts are unwilling to admit that they are powerless to control the virus. In doing so, they're all falling victim to a dangerous deception called the good intentions fallacy. One of the great mistakes is to judge policies and programs by their intentions rather than their results. That was according to the famed economist Milton Friedman. It's time for the intellectual class to admit a basic reality about lockdowns. They aren't just horribly destructive and an affront to liberty. They're actually failing to save lives. And then there is the Danish study uh, about uh, pastries and such. No, I'm kidding. It comes out of Denmark about mask mandates in a nutshell. Mask mandates success relies on humans to use and maintain masks at all times which, of course, dooms it to failure. The data on masks' actual effectiveness has not really been persuasive for or against them. This is according to Leslie Eastman at Legal Insurrection. A Danish study has found face masks provide the wearer with only limited protection against COVID-19 infection. In the study, which was carried out in April and May, um, when Danish authorities did not recommend wearing face masks, they had 6,000 adults. They divided them into two groups, one that would wear them, one that wouldn't. And after a month, 1.8% of the people who wore masks got infected. And 2.1% of the people in the control group, uh, they also got infected. So you got mask wearing population is 1.8% infection and non-mask wearers 2.1. So 0.3% difference. The study does not confirm the expected halving of the risk of infection for people wearing masks. The results could indicate a more moderate degree of protection of 15 to 20 percent. However, the study could not rule out that face masks do not provide any protection whatsoever. So that's what the science says. All right, that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks for listening. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. I appreciate that. And we'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.